0: Hi, you're listening to Shabbat Replay on Contact High, a podcast from Mishkan, Chicago. We're releasing our sermons so that no matter where you were Friday, you can enjoy a piece of Shabbat today.
1: So I told you that I'd tell you a little bit more about Marnie before she gives over some words of Torah tonight. I think you already got a sense of how special Marnie is. And how blessed we are to be doing Shabbat together tonight. Marnie grew up in Teaneck, New Jersey, like some of you. Um, Marnie graduated in 2019 from Wesleyan University, majored in cultural anthropology, minored in religion, and focused on questions of home and belonging. Marnie is second of the four challah back girls, the challah baking company that raises money for racial equity. And people should, I mean, among the many things that they can find out about you online, whether it's TikTok or the challah back girls website, like more information is there to be found if people are curious. Um, I will be ordering a challah sometime soon. I look forward to that. Um, So, Marnie has done, done a lot and, and I you know, I go looking for it and you'll find the evidence of it um, in, in some of her TikTok videos. She's sung in a Slavic folk singing group and a neo-soul acapella group. She has volunteered as an abortion doula for the Wesleyan Doula Project. She gave tours for the admissions office. She rang people up in the campus grocery store. During the summers, Marnie worked on staff at the Bronfman Fellowship for three years strengthening her skills in Jewish education and community building. And for the past almost two years, marty has been in Washington, DC, um, where she worked as a street outreach specialist, assisting people experiencing homelessness to help them connect with housing and other supportive resources. And now you freelance and are an educator and a voice teacher and tutor. And what helped us connect, lo these not so many moons ago, was a tiktok video the in fact the Lachadodi tiktok video of which you spoke earlier um a board member at mishkan texted it to me and said have you ever heard of this person what's their story and um long story short uh we the, collectively the mishkan staff figured out like who you were in the world and you know your name and then your website and then we wrote and then i wrote to you and um And one thing led to another, and here we are. And um, I am so grateful that you'll just be sharing some of who you are and um, your wisdom tonight with us.
2: Thank you, Rabbi Lizzie. such such a great pleasure to be here in this community i'm sad that i don't get to meet everyone in person and feel that community but i'm imagining it and i know that we wouldn't have been able to do this if we were in person so i am grateful for this just the way that this opportunity has allowed me also to connect with the wisdom and just soul of rabbi lizzie and um it's been such a pleasure collaborating and thinking together i'm going to talk a little bit about some thoughts that i have And I'm starting with a story. So early Friday morning, about two weeks, well, it was exactly two weeks ago, this Friday, on the day before Passover, I stood at my piano and began to sing. Everything around me had the feeling of waking up, and not just because it was obviously early in the morning and everything was actually waking up, but I was surrounded by this feeling of new beginnings, of emergence that was being ushered in by this Passover season, not just environmentally, but emotionally. Birds were singing loudly outside my window, and the sunlight lit my fingers as, I, as they traveled across the keys in search of something new to play. I began to sing a melody I've known since my childhood, the traditional tune to Malachah Hayam, if you're familiar with it. It's from the Halel service. It goes like, Malachah Hayam, Kitanus. Um, but as I was singing it, I found myself looking for something different that morning. I did not want to sing it the same way I always had. I was feeling improvisational, wanting to start from the tradition, but then to let my emotions carry me the rest of the way. So I followed these feelings into some jazz chords. Um, And you don't have to know what jazz chords are, but I will say that they are inviting of this kind of energy of improvisation. This invitation to engage the magic hidden between pre-written notes, notes that I had so perfectly committed to memorize of this traditional melody. So I opened my voice and I followed it as it played around the traditional tune, carving out its own melodic space. In that moment, everything felt so natural. There was no feeling that I was executing a task, checking off a box. There was no over-intellectualizing of my artistic process, no standard I felt that I needed to meet, just raw emotional expression. Such a divine, wonderful experience. I was transported And I probably stood there singing the same lines for maybe 20 minutes. This experience of creative passion faded very quickly when about two weeks later, I found myself sitting in a tangled mess of wires. Picture the scene. Cables everywhere. I wish I could show you. To me, there are a lot of wires here right now. Cables wrapped around and under my chair, around and under each other, under and around me like thick snakes. I fumble through, moving all the equipment. I'm not quite able to tell what wire is plugged in where. Every time I pick one up, that cable inadvertently pulls at another cable, and then that one pulls at my microphone, which in turn begins falling toward the ground, and on its way to the ground hits my phone, which starts falling also, and is on a tripod, and I'm rushing frantically with that uncomfortable feeling that you might be familiar with of just whole body aggravation to try to catch everything before something detrimental happens to my new audio equipment. And all of this balagan of wires was there because I wanted to elevate that unbelievable feeling of connection that you get when you're singing from the deepest part of you. And I thought a great way to do that in this age would be clearer, more technically improved sound quality. But in that moment, amidst all the cables and the devices, I felt so far from that raw emotional experience. There was barrier upon barrier of plastic and metal between us. The tediousness of setting up the cables and continuing to maintain their neatness and function, plugging, unplugging, moving, reordering again, again, was so exhausting. I could hardly connect to the why behind all these physical devices. My impulse around technicality is to recoil. I don't want to spend my life trying to figure out what wires I need, where to plug them in, and what settings to switch on and off on my computer so it will all work. My inclination is to be wrapped up in the euphoria of musical expression or a deep conversation, not in the rubbery texture of XLR cables. XLR cables are the cables used to plug microphones in, some microphones. And even while editing this drosh, to be honest, I would have just loved to have a conversation, stay in the big ideas, the feelings, the repetitious work of editing and actually finishing this as a written document did not have the same immediate appeal to me as did the moment that morning two weeks ago when I was sitting at the piano, just singing and playing and traveling. And though some of you may be strangers to the experience of trying to optimize sound quality, Um, Which is not that important at all. None of us are strangers to the technical, the tedious, the routine. We encounter it every single day in our homes, our relationships, our minds, our spiritual lives. There's always upkeep work to be done, more to clean and organize, to cook, more to communicate. When life is in use, it must be maintained. And this work of maintenance, sorting out all of the wires, often feels extremely unattractive when compared to just that raw feeling of of a creative moment, of romantic passion, of a vibrant conversation, or a new project. Um, The tension between the emotional, spiritual, and the technical, which is a little bit of a reductive binary, but we'll use it for now, is also very present in public life right now around the vaccine rollout. This is another example. Um, In this pretty dark moment of collective experience, there's this new hope of the vaccine, right? What should be a grand celebration, an exodus-type experience, a new birth, a singing and dancing with Miriam moment, in reality feels a bit different. The majority of Americans' lived experiences around this incredible moment of change is one of bureaucracy. Hours of waiting on long lines, clicking through registration sites that feel barely navigable, scarcity of supply, and phone call after phone call with vaccine help services to try to figure out how to book an appointment. The moment I actually got into the clinic, I remember feeling this deep heaviness settling into my body, that feeling you get right before you're about to cry. I was not expecting it when your emotions are all of a sudden really close. After all the time, I had been, I had been thinking about the practical details of the process. My body had not experienced the sense of wonder and emotional overwhelm that this powerful medicine and moment warranted. Most of my relationship with the process had been around the logistics. Logistics are very present in the Jewish tradition. They are very present, especially right now in this season and in our, in our Parshiot each week, as we continue diving into the book of Vayikra or Leviticus in English. This book is riddled with the logistics of priestly work, of sacrifices and ritual practices. What methods do we use to curate the sacred? This book asks. The focus on method rather than content differentiates Vayikra from many other parts of the Torah, which are much more concerned with story. What's happening rather than how do we make it happen? In addition to the presence of Vayikra during this time, we're also moving into a new seasonal chapter this coming week. On Monday evening, We will arrive at the end of the month of Nisan. Nisan is a month in which a dramatic new start happens for the Jewish people. Leaving Egypt is a birth scene, and born in this moment is a new identity, a new state of existence, new Jewish life. The month of Nisan in the tradition is even in the running with the month of Tishrei, the month in which Rosh Hashanah falls, for being considered as the first month of the year. The Pesach consciousness that has been with us up until this moment draws us to this place of beginnings, these extremely powerful moments of change, of energy and excitement, in which we pick up our instruments and our bodies and we celebrate. But this grandeur is getting farther away during this coming time. We arrive at the month of Iyar. ER is a time to settle in for a longer journey. In ER, we are now deep into the practice of the Omer. The Omer is a daily ritual of counting the days until we arrive at the moment of revelation. For me, the practice of the Omer serves as a powerful embodiment of just plain old regularity, of the logistics of daily life. Its element of repetition eases us away from the moment of big feelings during the exodus. We're no longer at the scene of the birth. The baby is now up all night crying. They need to be fed. They need to be nursed. They need to be closed. You know, those real tangible things are hitting us. We're called to become more comfortable in the steadiness, the repetition, the functional. Not every moment is a euphoric moment. The Omer reminds us in our bodies and in our practice that routine is always with us. Often we treat the technical aspects of life as unpleasant, as annoyances, when needing to clean your room sweep the floor wash the dishes do your daily prayers if that's your practice one might think of these things as a chore it's something i have to do but there's nothing magical about it if these tasks do have value it is usually only because they serve in facilitating the more impassioned or meaningful moments but the upkeep work itself is not commonly thought of as so enchanting in my life I've been trying to challenge this binary between routine and creative routine and creativity, rote and impo- improvisational, repetitive and novel. I think that our tradition and specifically the spiritual aspects of the coming month of ER, have something else to offer about this work in Hebrew. The month of ER that we are approaching is called Ziv. You might recognize this word from the beautiful lyrics of Yadid Nefesh, a popular Kabbalah Shabbat song in the verse, Hadur ha'alam, nafshi Majestic, beautiful radiance of the universe. My soul is sick for your love. The word ziv means radiance or brightness, a light or glow. ER holds this glimmer, this brilliance of those euphoric improvisational moments of the Exodus from the birth, from the beginning. It allows us to bring this brilliance along with us into the more routine existence. The sparks of liberation are meant to continue to offer us power. Power to heal, power to grow, to explore, even as we become more and more ensconced in the routine upkeep that happens afterwards. About three months ago, as you have heard, I started a TikTok page. At the time, I had zero followers and a lot of longing. Longing to sing, longing to connect, and longing to creatively process the turbulence, comedy, and emotion of my own Jewish experience. Putting out videos referred referred to as content on TikTok was a doorway for me to connect to a more creative and expressive place at a time when I was feeling quite bogged down by the bureaucracy of a social service job that was supposed to be helping people. Now, three months later, with more followers than I imagined having and a project greater than myself that I now care about, my main experience with the account is not the state of inspiration I found myself in during the first month of posting. I have something to maintain now, but I want to believe that this work isn't any less sacred than the moments that we socially think of as so obviously connected to a sense of meaning. I used to think that the most important moments in life were the spontaneous, overtly overtly inspirational ones the overwhelming feeling of voices rising together in shared song or protest, the experience of sitting at the edge of the mountain and singing out over the cliff, late night conversations about the meaning of life and the energy in a creative brainstorming moment, that this holiness was, you know, could could only be found in 20 minutes of vocal improvisation at the piano. But as I grow into my own steady pace, especially during this time, as spring is rising, but I'm also needing to return to just routine and lean into the season of ER. I'm learning and being taught by our tradition that the sacred practice of maintenance is just as important the practice of finding holiness in routine. Housekeeping is a holy practice. And by housekeeping, I don't just mean our physical homes, our homes are also the mental, spiritual, and emotional spaces we inhabit. Just like we regularly must clean our homes, we must upkeep our inner world. This work never ends, but that doesn't mean it's a burden or a chore. It is the beauty of being alive for me, at least, part of it, a very important part of it. And so as we continue trudging along in this daily practice of the Omer, the month of VR invites us to remember the radiance, Ziv. We allow this brilliant light to shine not only during the beginning of a new journey or in extraordinary moments but in the regular day-to-day practices that don't seem so novel. This coming month asks us how, as we're settling in, can we elevate routine as radiant and imbue our days with some upkeep magic?
0: You've been listening to Shabbat Replay on Contact High, a podcast from Mishkan, Chicago. If you enjoyed this sermon and want to join us live, tune in to Shabbat services through Facebook most Fridays of the month and through Zoom two Saturday mornings a month. Our schedule of services and programs can be found at mishkanchicago.org events, where there's also a link to donate and support our work. And you can visit us on Facebook or Instagram at Mishkan Chicago. Until then, please feel free to subscribe and leave us a review. As always, we want to hear from you. This episode has been brought to you by me, Zach Weinberg, our editor and producer, Hannah Rehack, our rabbinical team, rabbis Lizzie Heidemann and Dina Cowens, and our director of communications, Ashley Donahue. On behalf of Teen Mishkan...